You're listening to Leadership Powered by Common Sense with your host, Doug Thorpe. Here's Doug. Hello again, everyone. This is Doug Thorpe, and you're listening to Leadership Powered by Common Sense. Today, we're going to continue to talk small business. My guest is a gentleman named Kevin Brent. Kevin, uh, welcome to the show. Thank you very much, Doug. Um, Thank you very much for inviting me on. It's a pleasure to be here. And from what part of the world are you speaking? I'm in England and just south of a, of, of a place called Birmingham, so on the sort of west of England. For those of you that will be watching on video, Brent has, or Kevin, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm going to have to work on that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. You probably have this happen before. Um, yes. Brent is not an uncommon first name in it, some parts of the world, and, and it, we sure it, have it. a couple here in, in my neighborhood. So, <laughs> yeah. Apologies for that. That's Uh, that's fine. Kevin has popped up a graphic on his book, The Entrepreneurial Scale-Up System, and that's really going to be the theme of our show today. We're going to be talking to small business owners who are trying to continue the journey to grow their business. I tell you what, if if I've heard it once, I've heard it a thousand times when I start talking to a business owner, one of the things right in the front and top of their mind is how can I grow this business I've got and what can I do to scale, to grow, to uh, expand my reach and my revenue. So before we get into the nuts and bolts of that, Kevin, tell us a little bit about your journey and background and how you've landed on this system you've got. Yeah, great. So uh, long and long and varied background. I mean, I actually started off in the Royal Air Force as a as a, as a pilot on on uh, on the flying side of things, um, but I but I didn't make it all the way through. And then I I left and I started a corporate career. Started and had uh, a fairly traditional career moving up the rungs in in big corporates. And then uh, went away and did an MBA and um, and then joined a consulting firm and then started setting up my own businesses from from there. And um, I took some time out to build my own house, and then after that, thought, you know, what am I? What am I going to do? What can I? What am I really passionate about, and what drives me? And, and where can I add value to other people? And uh, that's when I started uh, started Bismart. Yeah. So let's maybe just go ahead and, and dive in. Give us the. Um... Not to make an Air Force joke, but give us the thirty thousand foot view of the scale up system. Yeah, so essentially the thirty thousand foot view, yeah, very good, is that um, is to consider scaling up as a series of stepping stones, not as just a growth natural thing that that happens, a wiggly line or or straight line growth, but as a series of stepping stones and thinking about them, what it takes to move from one stepping stone to the next. Is the is the key to this? So those stepping stones, we look at it in terms of employee numbers. Numbers, you could also do it in terms of turnover, but employee numbers is great. So we look at first as a solopreneur, one person. That's the first stepping stone. The next one is with three to five people. Got a little team going. Nice, uh, nice bit of communication. Bit, bit more, bit more collaboration going on but not too hard to manage. The next one after that is eight to 12 people. And then we jump to 20, 25 people. And it goes up in those units of three to five, eight to 12, because they're great team sizes. And that's how the business builds out. Yeah. 
you know, you, you made a point that I've long been a fan of, uh, when I think back to my business school days, we inevitably were taught that, you know, what you want as a business is this somewhat straight line trajectory and ever steady climbing and, and, and growth and, uh, earnings and return and all of that. But when you get into business and really start doing the heavy lifting, you realize, especially for a small business coming out of the gate, your growth happens in giant spurts or chunks, as yes. I, as we call it down here in Texas. Um, yep. you, you don't get that pretty little straight line that's kind of gradual and easy to embrace. And as the owner entrepreneur, the challenges when you look ahead at that next opportunity and that next need to scale or step up on the wall to the next big step, usually that comes with things like, I got a big order. I need to, I need to buy another machine. I need to hire 10 more people. Yes. I need to do large chunky things to make yeah. the next step happen. So that's one of the first challenges I see business owners face is, is just being able to make that mental shift with the burden of, of that next big step you've got to make. Exactly. And one of the, one of the other things that the way of looking at it like, like that is that in order to move from one of those stepping stones to the next, there's what you were talking about there where we might have to invest, whether it be a machinery or people or, or, or systems, but we end up with a little, with a valley in between. We can't just move. If we if you imagine a ladder against those pillars and they're getting bigger as we go from left to right, those watching on the on 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 the video can see the little graphic uh, that I that I've got there. But in between, we've got this valley of death. We can't just move across from the three to five person business to the eight to twelve and go from the top of one to the top of the next. We actually end up going down in between. And if we don't think about it carefully. We can either get stuck in that in that valley for a longer period than we need to, or worse, we can we can end up just getting stuck altogether in there. That's an interesting uh, corollary there, connection you make and distinction that's I think very important. And what immediately popped to my mind when I work with business leaders who are facing big moments of change. There is a school of teaching in change management that talks about the S curve of change yep. and the S curve being you're rocking along at some status quo. You recognize the need for change. You begin plotting out as the phrases used, storming, norming, conforming. Yeah. Yep. Um, there's actually that dip. There's that uh, trough that you go into. There's a little bit of chaos. There's a little bit of uncertainty and then you start working the change. People climb out of that and rise to that next level, that new plateau. Exactly. Yeah. And with the real excitement about this, you see the inevitability of the change working, people actually get excited and kind of overperform for a period. And then it sort of settles out to that final yes. step of the S that, uh, and, and I'm exactly. using a, not a scripted S, but a um, print S <laughs> to make yes. this shape. Yes, no, exactly. And that's, a, I think that's a really good way of looking at it. It is, it is, it is change as we're going from one stepping stone to the next. So, so that S curve follows, follows true there. And if we aren't aware of that, 
when we start, then of course, when we get stuck in the bottom there, we may we may find that that's too hard, and we're not we're not aware of of, of what we're doing there. Whereas if we're thinking about it, that's and we know that that's going to happen, then we can plan ahead for it, plan what we need to do. We can also plan how long that's going to be. So if we are going to move from three to five to eight to twelve, or eight to twelve to twenty twenty five, is that our three year plan, or, or are we going to try and do it in one year? Are we going to do it with organic growth and and invest? In our in in uh, from from the cash flow, or do we need to look to access additional financing, or maybe even are we going to make that jump by an acquisition at, at some point? But we need to think about it as what does the business look like at that next stepping stone? How long is that going to take us to get there? And what are the key things? What so and what so what does it look like at that point? So therefore, what are the things we need to put in place in order to get there? So as you present this system, and I'm going to be very literal and key off your, your title there, what are the system aspects of knowing how to manage these stepping stones? Yeah, so we've done a lot of um, exploratory work with businesses over the, over the years that we've been working to identify some of the key challenges between each of those stepping stones. But then um, what we found is that um, we there's always certain things that we need to think about between between them so um, there's always elements of the strategy side of things so have we got the right business model um, what is that strategy for, for for scaling have we um, what what does it mean from a people perspective so do we you know do we need to hire or do we need to develop but also then from keeping in control of it from that execution side of it and making sure that we're in control what what needs to happen with the business rhythm with everything else to make sure and the systems the habits essentially within the business and then also from a cash perspective what do we need to do that so the so we built out then system around those four areas then to, to look at what needs to happen in each of those so what do we need to think about from a strategic point of view what about the people what about the execution what about the what about the cash yeah, wait a minute. You mean it might take cash to do this stuff? <laughs> yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And that's that's the thing. That's this valley of death. You know, we 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 always find with um, as we're growing a business, it's always a bit harder than we than, than we thought it, thought it would be. It takes a bit longer than we thought, and we're probably going to earn a bit less than we thought. In fact, I, I, I'm not sure whether it's a rule of threes and thirds or, or worse than that but it, things always take three times longer than you think cost three times as much and you're going to earn a third of what you what you thought you're going to what you're going to earn but um but if we're in one of those one of those valleys because we're investing we're probably going to see lower cash uh, coming out the bottom of the business we might have more clients we're going to see more symptoms if you like in the business in terms of people issues all of those good all of those good things that challenge us and um, if we don't think about it properly and manage those, then essentially what we're what we've got, we're, we're going to magnify those. We call them headaches. Those symptoms they're giving you know, they're giving us headaches. They're going they're, we're going to magnify those problems as we grow. Whereas if we look a bit more, think about it a bit more carefully, and look for the underlying causes, then we can really start to make sure that uh, we minimise the the depth of that valley. In your your body of work that you've done, are there any common themes that show up when you first engage with a business owner and begin talking about this system and this mindset? Are, are there 
two or three common mindsets or common views, common themes that you've heard? Yeah, so the 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 most common challenges when we're in the when we're in the early days, the most common challenge really is around generating a consistent stream of reliable leads. So particularly in that sort of three to five stage, it's how do we, if we want to go any further, we've now got to have a regular stream of leads coming in that we can convert into in, in, into business. So we haven't got that marketing system sorted to do that, then that's a, that's a key, a key priority. Um, part of that as well is around then actually, have we got the right business model to, to, to scale? Have we got the pricing right? Have we got the product market fit right? All of those, all of those good things that you would that you'd expect at that point. But actually, is are we are we have we got an element of repeat or recurring revenue in there? Because although we can grow a business without that, it's much harder if we keep having to start from scratch every time. So we we tend to find peaks and troughs then, and that's that's something that we'll find with business owners at that point. But once we start to take on people we see those people issues really becoming uh, the biggest challenge. And the, the biggest one that's reported essentially once we get past certainly sort of the 8 to 12 level is getting everybody in the business to behave and make decisions in the way that we would like them to as, as, as business owners. That's, that's a really key challenge. Yeah, I can see that. I'm thinking to myself here in my studio today, it, it must be British Isles Day. I had a gentleman this morning in the studio from Ireland, and okay. uh, now I've got you. And I, that was very coincidental, but in the whole globe, it was interesting to have two guests from the British Isles. But uh, the reason I bring that up, the thought that came to mind as you were talking there, um, you know, a lot of times if, in if you as a business owner have done a little bit of study and attempted to go to business school of any kind, you may read or learn about the notion of if you want to be successful, you have to identify a gap in the market. And if you can fill that gap, you'll be, you'll find success. Well, the, the idea that we got into this morning on the other show is he brought up the phrase, and, and this was new to me for all my experience. I've never heard this brought up. He said, is there a market in the gap? Ah, interesting. Yes. Not gap in the market, but market yes. in the gap. And, Absolutely. And I immediately went to an experience in my own life where I spent a lot of time and money building a business that definitely filled a gap <laughs> in an industry. But in fact, after we got funded and got going, there was no, not really a market in yeah. that gap. Yeah, yeah. People didn't really want, there was a technical gap. You could analyze it. You could, you could identify it. You could scale it, scope it, budget for it. But at the end of the day, the person that really had to make the decision to subscribe to the service, just by and large, nobody in the market wanted to do it. So right. it was a real grind to grow. Now we did grow the business. It became about a $5 million business. And okay. You know, yeah. we were we were happy about that, but then then the whole market crashed in two thousand eight, and everything <laughs> went away. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. It's a bit hard to legislate for those those sort of things. Um, yeah, I think that's a really interesting uh, way of looking at them. But the, the the market in the gap, and of course, that's a combination typically of 
whether the real need is 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 there that people will will pay for but then also is the is that is that gap big enough to just to build the kind of size of business that we want and of course that has to be part of our part of our thinking and part of the strategic decision is is deciding which which playing fields we're going to play on so that's our participation strategy so which markets which segments are we are we going to going to really compete in and what's our strategy to win in those in those segments that that's part of it and part of that discussion also then has to be is that segment big enough because one of the mistakes we make as business owners is to try and do too many too many things we start off we we're, we're good at something whatever it is and we're passionate about it we we get some get some customers and they ask us to do something else um a little, a little bit more so i was just talking earlier on today in fact with a with an hr company and um they're great at what they do and some of their clients said oh can you do recruitment as well so they they went oh i don't know let's try and let's do, re do do recruitment so they do a bit of a job at that and then it's like you add something else on so you start bolting things on and then you find you're you're a bit of a jack of all trades and you're mediocre at all of those things whereas actually you might be better off and generally you are better off in sticking to something your niche if you want to call it a niche or your gap whatever you want to call call it where you can be really really good at that and if and if that gap is big enough to build the kind of business that you want then that's what you should focus on rather than trying to do too many too many things and it's that um there's a, a jim collins um is is one of his famous um concepts is around the hedgehog principle isn't yeah. it you know what you're passionate about what you're really really good at and what's your profit profit engine and it's that it's that kind of thinking that we need to have in there yeah and i was thinking of the exact same thing in the um in Colin's work and all his studies, those companies that really were long-term successful, they, that was a common denominator. They hung on to that hedgehog concept. They, yeah. they honed it in and they, you know, did they adjust it with market changes? Yes. But did they get too far away from it? No. Yeah. And I think we saw that and we're probably going to continue to see, see this, but we saw that through the, through the pandemic, the businesses that came out the strongest were the ones, first of all, that had a really strong purpose, going back to Jim, Jim Collins there, um, so that if they could no longer do business in quite the same way, they could say, well, actually, but we can still meet the purpose. We just need to do things slightly, slightly differently. That's one aspect. But also the ones that then... We saw two different kind of a well, three or three different kind of. Some some people sort of kind of gave up and said, "Oh, you know, we can't. We, woe is me! All these all these market forces. That's not my fault. Therefore, and I'm just going to give up." Other people went, "Oh, I'm going to start. There's an opportunity over here. I'm going to make a bit of money over there. And oh, there's another bit over there. I'll do that." Others went, "Right, what I'm really good at and what what I can really meets my core purpose, what I'm really passionate about as well, is this narrow thing. I'm going to narrow down even more and dig in the trenches and make myself really brilliant at that. And they're the ones that really we saw do really well or better coming out then of the other side of the pandemic. And I think as we go into another period of difficulty as, we, as we're in now, um, then again, being really true to what it is that we're good at and showing other people and being able to demonstrate that actually we are excellent at that, not just mediocre, but we're the best at that. They're the ones that are going to, uh, going to survive and thrive. 
It's a tough challenge as an entrepreneur, especially in the early couple of phases of your business. You you open the doors, you're you're working, you've got a you know a handful of customers and, and you've got some notion of steady income, but then that one customer shows up and says, You're so close. If you could just do this, that's what I need. And oh, by the way the value of this is going to be equal to or greater than your current all in revenue stream. You know, so I'm your new whale and, yeah. and it is really hard for an entrepreneur to resist that temptation to say, wow, you mean I can double my revenue if I do this and, and, but they get off the mark. They, they start going in a different swim lane and next thing you know, they've, they've, really degraded the core value of the original idea they had absolutely and it, and it is it's a difficult it, it's it is it's so so tempting and uh, very difficult to stick stick to your, stick to your guns as it were stick to stick to your lane um and sometimes it might be that yes we do need to do a bit of a bit of a rethink it could be in the early days maybe you're talking about identifying the the our market gap and the gap in the market it could be that we're still in the stages of forming exactly what it is that is our proposition and and, and where, where we're going to play. And therefore, that's valid at that point. If we're, if we're doing that and it's still fitting with generally with what we are passionate about and what our what we think our purpose is. But if we if we've got a little bit further up the journey and this is just an ad hoc something that's that's come up that that might be it might be attractive it's that bright shiny thing but if it doesn't really fit then that's what we, we've got to think very carefully and, uh, and and try and avoid that temptation well and that brings to my mind the argument for small business owners even when you are still small and in the just in the early early stages you really need to equip yourself with access to some advisors or mentors that can help you with that decision process. Yeah. When that bright, shiny opportunity comes along, is it really an opportunity or is it, uh, you know, a wolf in sheep's clothing? Um, and, and can you really discern it? And, and the truth be told, too many entrepreneurs have tried to go it alone when those decisions come up and for various reasons they make the wrong call just to put it yeah. bluntly yeah uh, I, I think that's an excellent point and really when you when you boil down what we do uh, essentially what we're about is helping business owners to make better decisions ideally faster and on a consistent basis. That's really what it's about. If we can, over the years, we can make a series of brilliant decisions, then we're going to be able to scale up. We're going to be able to do those things. And the, and the, the two key aspects that we, that go into the making better decisions for us, one is the, our framework, our, our how, what it, what are the basic principles, the things we need to think about. That's our scale up system. So if we, if we're thinking about the right things, the strategy, people, execution, cash, but we're thinking about building value as opposed to just short term profits, all of, all of those good things. We're thinking a bit strategically. That's one aspect of it, but that's our framework. But then the other aspect is, is, is how do we make sure that we test those decisions as we, as we go? And that's some of our habits and peer working, which is one of the ways that we work a lot 
with our business owners is a great way of doing that. Then you've got a sounding board of other good business owners, some of whom may have faced the exact same challenge or, or problem maybe that you're facing now and either found a solution to it or, or equally valid sometimes found something that definitely didn't work <laughs> and, right. uh, and learning from that. But, but that's then that decision-making process. So how are we going to make sure that we are getting the right advice or, or getting the right people to be able to give us that sound advice, act as that sounding board um, as, as we go and testing those decisions is, is definitely a part of, a part of it. Very good. Very good. Well, I'll tell you what, Kevin, it's time for us to take a short commercial break and we're going to do that. When we come back, we're going to dig in a little more to maybe some case histories or other examples of uh, the need for this kind of a system. So hang with us. We'll be right back. Business is all about solving complex problems as fast as you can create them. Become the best problem solver by leading others to greatness too. And the first step is going to DougThorpe.com. Doug Thorpe is known globally for coaching entrepreneurs and business leaders, improving their performance and the work output of everyone surrounding them. You can find health, wealth, and happiness by learning to lead others to health, wealth, and happiness. Go to DougThorpe.com now and order Doug's books or hire him to coach your managers. That's Doug, T-H-O-R-P-E.com. All right, everyone, we're back. This is Leadership Powered by Common Sense. I'm Doug Thorpe, and my guest today is Kevin Brent. We've been talking about something he calls the entrepreneurial scale-up system. And we, we talked about the reality that if you own a business, your growth plan, if you get down the road and look back, it's going to be a series of large stepping stones or steps up in the growth of the company rather than a nice, flat, smooth, easy-to-do line. And uh, while we were on the break, Kevin and I were talking a little bit, and he raised a very good point about positioning yourself to take that next giant step up. So, Kevin, you want to talk about that a little more? Yeah. So, it's if we're if we're let's say we're on one of one of the stepping stones that we identify, whether it's that set of eight to twelve stepping stone, we need to essentially climb to the top of that stepping stone. So we, we imagine a big pillar with a ladder against it. You know, we need to climb to the top of that ladder, to the top of that stepping stone before we decide to embark on tra the transition to that next stepping stone. And what I mean by that is essentially what that, what that means is that we need to make the business as efficient and as possible, uh, as profitable as we can at that point before we make the move so that we've got the maximum chance then of when we go into one of these valleys to, to be able to get through the other the other side um, but it also means that if essentially if if we can't make the business work at one of those pillars if it's not quite giving us the level of profitability that we would expect from the business or if we're falling over with missing deadlines and all sorts of things like that if we were to scale further, all we're going to do is magnify those problems. So we need to sort those out before we decide to make that next move. Yeah, I, I think that's incredibly wise. I'm thinking about a couple of scenarios that I've had chance to be a part of in years past where the owner has built a business, been at it for years, you know, and it and has good revenue, good uh, volume, and then some new opportunity comes along that would represent one of those giant steps up for the business. 
if they would do an honest assessment, they hadn't quite perfected what they've been doing. And I think if I'm hearing you right, the question would be, are you really ready for that next big step? If you, if you haven't finished and buttoned down the, the step you're in or on right now. And, and what specifically comes to my mind, for instance, it's not uncommon that a lot of small businesses, they just don't do a lot with their own financial reporting, their own yep. internal tracking of financial condition of the business. And, and I've known multimillion dollar companies that, that struggle with that. And, and yet here they might get an entry or an opportunity to go into another segment or a logical expansion that is yet again, million dollar increments. And they don't even know how to manage cash that they've got, you know, that, that kind of thing. Yeah. And, and they may not be actually making any money at the end of the day, you know, because we, we, we know that there's a mistake, you know, uh, about chasing the top line turnover. You know, we really need to be thinking about the bottom line. And one of the, one of the challenges again, that we see in, in terms of that financial reporting is that we, we often, um, we often can kid ourselves that we're making a profit, a, you know, a percentage profit based, uh, based on our turnover. We can kid ourselves, um, because we may not have, we may have distortions in our in our PL. Certainly, if if there are tax reasons and there are in the UK, while we might not pay ourselves a market rate salary from our from our business, it might be better for us to pay a, a lower rate salary and then take the rest from dividends. Then if we look at our profit and loss statement, dividends don't appear in don't appear in that. So it we look artificially profitable. And we could kid ourselves, yeah, we make a 20% net profit at the at the end of the day but if you put a market rate salary in for maybe you and if there's another founder or two within within the business and you're all doing the same then actually you may be really only making a few percent of net net profit if you're if you're lucky and that's one of the things that we would we would look at very early on as to decide whether the business is ready to scale is let's take some of these distortions out of the PL. it can work other ways too i mean it could actually work in, in reverse, there might be things we're going to add back, but let's have a look at the profit and loss and restate that so that there's no distortions in it. And then once we've done that, if the if the if the net profit isn't in close to around the fifty at least the fifteen percent mark, after all of that, then we need to really work on efficiencies within the business to get it there before we start investing in in, in scaling scaling up the business. Yeah, yeah, and and then that gives you a little bit of a roadmap then to say actually, and you were talking before about a series of periods of growth and then maybe consolidation and and, and growth, and that gives us a little bit of a rule to go okay, well if we've got those distortions out and we're not at fifteen percent, right, the next period should be a period of efficiency and consolidation and making sure that we can get to that level of profitability when we've got there let's now we can go so let's we're prepared to invest some money but we do it from 15 percent, and we might say we'll go down to a 10 percent net profit in that in that period of investment for a limited period of time that's our valley in a way and then once we've got to that and things are moving we then say right let's slow down on the investment and let's focus back in again on on making sure that we can climb the next pillar, which is essentially getting us back up to 15% net profit again. And if we manage it in cycles like that, that, peri that period of consolidation, maximizing efficiency, profitability, and then investment, 
we're doing it in a planned way and we're less likely to have huge swings particularly downwards in terms of say our net profit and find out should we get caught by surprise yeah yeah well that that spawns several different ideas and thoughts uh that I, i i can point to from my past we people that have followed the show know they've heard my story. I was a banker for 20 years and I watched businesses come and go and make various mistakes. And, and thankfully not all of them made mistakes. Most of them figured out how to grow one way or the other. And, and that was good, but there, there were some, some of those gaps in the way owners tended to look at their business. And and that's become the genesis of a lot of what I do now in my own thinking my my work is a little more focused on the owner themselves, helping them move from a founder mindset to a CEO mm-hmm. mindset and, and make those um, mental and uh, practical shifts that they need to do to run the business with a different lens. And um, it's a, uh, it's a challenge. I mean, people get into habits. They, 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 experience what it takes to create their early success and it's not a stretch to rationalize and say well if i did it that way now i'm going to do some more of that and i'll keep making money but i love i think marshall goldsmith was attributed with this you know what got you here won't get you there yeah yeah that's a really popular thought that's going around right now and I think that's a great observation. It's one of the things that we we discuss with our business owners we, because um, if we think about one of the one of the key challenges early on again is um, getting sucked into the business, isn't it? You know, we know about Michael Gerber and the and the E Myth and working on the business. We know we know about that, um, and and that's one of the challenges early on. So one of the leadership development things in the first stage of the business is to develop ourselves as a leader and to delegate the things that we shouldn't really be doing to allow us to focus on the things that we should that are going to add the most value to the to the business so we're we're focusing there about delegating the things that we shouldn't be doing but there comes a point when we need to start delegating the things that actually we are really good at so that that first bit we're delegating things we shouldn't be doing and the things perhaps we're not very good at after that we actually need to delegate even the things that we are good at because otherwise all we do is we create ourselves as the bottleneck within the within the business Absolutely. and and i would imagine in your in, in in some of the things that you're talking about here are those early days it is probably more of a leader follower type model so i'm the leader this is what i think we should do everybody else should follow it but we need to tra- be able to transition to a more of a leader leader type model where we're developing other leaders within the business and empowering them to do that and that is a really difficult transition to make and it also goes back to personality types and we did a little bit of research into the challenges um, and correlated them with the different personality styles and uh, our listeners may be familiar with with disc it's, it's a fairly common um yes when i when i think yeah and we we found that a lot of the early success comes from the d-type personalities the driven uh the, the the driven ones and really then it's a it is about rolling your sleeves up getting things done focusing on on the results and all of that 
but they sometimes challenge uh, they find find it challenging when they have to transition then to more of, a, of the empowerment side and, and they, ch- they struggle with trusting other people to do a job as well as they would and of course as we get more people in the business if we can't do that again we're limiting the potential of the business because again it's really um there's a there's a there's a brilliant book and a brilliant concept turn the ship around david david marquette um and he talked about he was a submarine captain on a nuclear submarine and he talked about realizing one day that actually he couldn't be the single most intelligent person on this ship to give orders and think for the crew of 230 30 people there's no way that that can be the most efficient way of running running a business so he vowed never to give an order again and he turned that around to giving intent instead of giving orders and then asking people to essentially what would you do in 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 in, in, if you were in my shoes sort of sort of thing and that's the sort of transition that we need to be making and of course as a as an entrepreneur we're a self-starter that's what we are so we're used to finding the answer ourselves and we're used to telling other people how we want it to be done and it's our business at the end of the day so, so it is that real challenge as to how can we gently transition then to allowing other people have the confidence ourselves to give the confidence to other people to 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 build themselves as leaders. That's exactly it, and I, I'd go so far as to say on that note that what we're up against is the psycho-emotional tie to the original idea. You know, I mm. created this baby; it's it's mine. It looks like this. Here's where we're going, and as you add other people to the team, you sometimes get challenged by people who come up with ideas that are honestly a little more brilliant than yours. Yep. And they see what you're doing. They believe in what you're doing. And they say, Ooh, if we just did this, it would be faster, cheaper, better, you know, and the owner, I've seen it happen. I I quit counting 20 years ago where the owner says, Nope, not going to do that. That's not, it's not the way I want this company to run. And you're going, Yep. <laughs> and then and then what happens the the next time somebody has a great idea they probably don't bother sharing it because exactly. they had it quashed the first time so you create a culture then when basically you've just got people that either that do do what they're told and that's it right right yeah so a fascinating theme well kevin as we get near the end here is there is there any i guess summary thought you want to share with people about this scale-up process and system that they should be uh, knowing about well i think i think we've covered a covered a covered a fair bit a bit about it but it's taking that time uh, there's 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 one thing that i would suggest that everybody does if they're not doing it already which can can really help and and that is to introduce a 90-day planning cycle within mm. their within their business so they're not doing that already stick some dates in your diary every three months stick a at least a half day um in, in your calendar preferably a day and spend that time working with your team if you've got if you've got one on what's got what's gone well in the last quarter what's not gone so well and therefore what do we need to do in the next quarter and if you just ask yourself the question what does good look like in the in 90 days time if we're sat here in 90 days time looking back what's going to count as success over those 90 days well, let's identify those those things and let's make those priorities and let's divvy those up a little bit between us and make some actions and all those good things for those but let's 
that's the first thing because even just sitting down every 90 days and doing that is a is a is a great start if we then introduce as well with it a a, a, a weekly rhythm so that every week we are not just saying, well, which clients are, are shouting at us and need X, Y, and Z and, and whatever else, the tactical stuff, the keeping the plate spinning, but also have we moved a little bit forwards towards those priorities that we said we're going to, that's good look going to look like in the next 90 days time. And if you just do those two things, regardless of how well you do them or what particular structure you have in those sessions, just the fact that you spent some time thinking about it with other people will get you a, a, a long way. I, I think that's great advice. And um, I, I'm, I'm thinking to myself here, did you read my mail lately? Uh, I, <laughs> I've, uh, I, I share, I've got a 100-day plan tool that I, I give clients uh, often, and, and I agree with you 100%. That's where I'm going with my thought here. If, if you as an owner have gotten yourself in a habit of how the business runs, and on the one hand, you're looking back saying, I feel frustrated. We're not making the milestones I want. We're not seeing the growth I want. I'm kind of plateaued. You, you do have to figure out some incremental change that needs to start happening. And having that planning, whether it's 90 days or 100 days, to lay out some intentional moves toward the new goal or the new direction that that you're trying to set that's the only way to really break through that that chain of of the busyness that's having you bogged down in the business and not working on the business mm. so i think that's great advice and, and a great thing to to go for well kevin one last question tell people how they can get a hold of you if they're interested in knowing more yeah, brilliant. Well, people can find me on, on LinkedIn if they want to talk to me direct. That's Kevin Kevin Brent, B-R-E-N-T. But if you'd like to find a bit more about the the system, the, 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 the book itself, then the best place to go is esusgroup.co.uk, which is E-S-U-S, which stands for the Entrepreneurial Scale-Up System. So E-S-U-S Group dot code at uk and there's all sorts of resources there including including the book but also access to um, some 90-day planning software that we have to help keep that track of that rhythm and, and everything in there so that might be a good place to take a look that's great and folks if you didn't catch that as we were streaming here all those links will be in the show notes and you can certainly grab them there and uh, with that Kevin, I want to say thank you. I appreciate you stopping in and sharing with us. That's been great fun. And no, thank you very much for, for the invitation, Doug. That's fantastic. Thank you. You bet. And folks, I think we're going to wrap this up. I do want to remind everybody, if you're listening on your favorite streaming service, we're out on YouTube as well with the video of this same show. And the channel is the same name, uh, Leadership Powered by Common Sense. You can hop over there on YouTube, subscribe, uh, leave us some comments, give us a thumbs up, thumbs down, whatever. Uh, we'd love to hear your feedback and, and know what else we might do for you if you've got a recommendation or an idea. For now, we're going to sign off, say goodbye, and hope to see you again real soon. You've been listening to Leadership Powered by Common Sense hosted by Doug Thorpe. If you would like to know more about the coaching and advisory services he provides, visit DougThorpe.com.